Good morning, everybody. Good morning, and welcome to the 930 Sunday School class. I'm so happy to see all of you, and uh, it's good to be home. Sister Davis and I had a good, good trip, uh, as well as I think we had, how many do we have from the church that goes? We had 25 members of Abundant Life Church that made the trip to our annual conference this year, and so you, the church was well represented, and we had such a great, great time, and the Lord certainly met with us, and our pastors and leaders just came back home refreshed and uh, uh, encouraged in the Lord. And also, uh, we had the opportunity to ordain a brand new couple that will be beginning a new church in about six months. And we ordained and sent them this week, and that was pretty special, Christine, and enjoyed that so very, very much. So we're glad to be home today. Today is African uh, actually, it's our Mission Sunday at Abundant Life Church, but it's also our emphasis this, this year is on the continent of Africa, and we celebrated that in the 8.30 service, and we will do that again in the uh, 10.30 service, and several of our African families will be making a presentation during that service, and we are so excited uh, about that and uh, looking forward to their input and uh, and I thank them for, for the clothes I have on today. And almost all of our praise team uh, are dressed in African clothes uh, for this Sunday as well. And it's pretty special. We're in the seventh chapter of the book of Revelation. In the seventh chapter of the book of Revelation. I left off last Sunday dis discussing with you the 144,000. Uh, men who were sealed in their foreheads with a seal of God. I'm going to go back to the first verses of that because I, I think I, we went straight to the 144,000. I, I really need to discuss uh, the first four verses with you today uh, so you will have a little bit better understanding of the setting here. Now, as you well know, we are, we are now uh, would be about somewhere in the, between 18 months and 21 months into the Great Tribulation period, which will last seven years. And uh, as, just to remind you again that a lot of the things that we're going to be discussing going forth in chapter 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, uh, many of these things were implemented. They were actually released prophetically in the vision that John is getting in heaven uh, and in a chronological order, but just remember, for example, that the first horse and the second horse and the third and then the first seal, that, that, that doesn't mean that just happens just a few minutes or a few days. These seals and these events that are released by the four horsemen of the apocalypse, for example, will traverse the entire seven-year period. So some of the things that's going to be taking place, say, in the 12th chapter, uh, or the 11th chapter of the book of Revelation will be a result of what was released in chapter 5 and 6. So that you just kind of get a kind of get a feel for that. We've already talked about, um, let's go to verse 1. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. Uh, and for whatever amount of time this is, and it, it, 
it could have been minutes, moments, seconds, uh, days. I don't know. But ever how long that it would take for the 144,000 to be, to be found and sealed and commissioned, the wind was not allowed to, to hurt the earth. These four angels are four destructive angels that will be given charge to aid in the destruction of the earth. And God is saying to them, you cannot do this. You can't do your destructive work until I've sealed the 144,000. Uh, these, will, as you know, will be great evangelists to the Lord Jesus Christ during the tribulation period. Now, at the rapture of the church, which happens in, in chapter 4 of the book of Revelation, the church is gone to be with the Lord in heaven. But the, the Spirit of the Lord is still on the planet. And according to this chapter, there's going to be a, there's going to be a multitude beyond. As a matter of fact, when you, when you look at the entire book of Revelation, it is suggested by most Bible scholars, and this kind of blows my mind, but it's suggested by most Bible scholars that there will be more people saved during the tribulation period than was saved from the day of Pentecost all the way up to the rapture. Amazing. Amazing. And that will take place in about 21 months. Amazing. Now, unfortunately, most of those will become martyrs and will be killed by the Antichrist. And you'll see that. We saw some of that in verse, uh, in chapter 6. And the Lord spoke to these four angels that were about to re release destruction on the earth. And he said, I don't want you to let the wind blow. Can you imagine? Think how much of our weather Think of how much of life on this planet is connected to the wind that blows. And so forever how long this is, there's not, the wind doesn't blow at all on the planet. And whatever, whatever that is going to cause to happen while the wind is not blowing uh, in, in, in the sense of weather and, and the sense of pollination that's carried on the wings of the wind, Forever, how long the wind is held back, we know it will be, and I don't know, the Bible doesn't say how long it would take to seal, but, but let's go to the next verse. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed a hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. And then it goes through the next um, four verses and gives you the names of the tribes of Israel and twelve thousand of these men who were sealed in their forehead. It's no... it's. It's no wonder, it's no mystery to me that the Antichrist will use the mark of the beast in the same manner because he will try to duplicate everything God does. So, if, so God seals the 144,000 with a mark. It's called the seal of God. Uh, it's, probably, uh, it's probably going to be a visible seal that, that people would be able to see, just like you would be able to see the mark of the beast. Uh, if you, if, you, if you recall back when, when uh, the angel of the Lord went through Israel one time when, when, when there had been disobedience and, uh, and had marked 
people for death and some for life. And so when the angels came, came through the land, they were looking uh, for that mark. Just like the angels who came in Egypt on the night of the Passover, they were looking for the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. And if the blood was on the doorpost, the Bible said that angel of death passed over. Okay, so now God is going to protect 144,000 Jewish men uh, that will be sealed with the seal of God in their forehead. Um, one scholar indicates, I don't know that you can make a doctrine out of this, but we do know, of course, that they, we do know they're going to be great evangelists because you'll see the, the result of their work here in just a few moments. But it's indicated, some, some people actually believe that that seal was also sealed them from death, that they could not die and uh, could not be injured. Uh, we do know that they were not killed, and we'll find out how that happens as we go further into the book of Revelation. Uh, let's pick up in verse 9. Of course, we have a list of, and so I, you heard me explain last week why uh, groups like the Seventh-day Adventists are the Jehovah's Witnesses, are the group called the Flying Roll, which is it's kind of a strange name, but uh, the Flying Roll. These groups who, who build their entire doctrine around the 144,000, and they actually believe that they are the 144,000 or that they have groups out of there. The Flying Roll actually believes that only 144,000 people will actually be saved and the rest of everybody else will be lost. So God has overbuilt heaven. Uh, the, the, all the mansions that's there in that holy city. But here's the easy way. When somebody tells you they, 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 they believe their church is part of the 144,000 or they believe they're part of the 144,000, ask them what tribe they're from. Just say, I want to know what tribe you're from. Every time I've asked somebody that, they go, huh, what? I said, what, which tribe of Israel are you from? Because the 44,000 plainly said there are 12,000 from each of these tribes. Which tribe are you from? Well, uh, you know, that's about as far as that goes. But <laughs> All right, let's pick up here uh, in, the t in the ninth verse. I love the, I love the theology and, the, and, the, and I love the, the, the wording of the book of Revelation. After this, it's just it's amazing. These two words, it's pretty powerful. After this, we don't, it doesn't give us a length of time. Could I just tell you that there will be uh, what we call the white robe martyrs. You're going to see that here in just a moment. But there will be people converted to Christ all the way through the tribulation period. Uh, if we get a chance to talk a little bit about the sheep a little bit, uh, I'm going to show you something that maybe you haven't considered uh, there, in other words, what I'm going to tell you is there has to be, when Christ and his church comes back to the earth for the thousand years, the earth will have to be populated, and there will have to be mortals on the earth to populate the earth. The church will be, will be immortal now, so the church will not be populating the earth. So for that thousand years, the question is, who is going to populate the earth in that thousand years? I think there's an answer here in the book of Revelation, and it may be some things that you haven't, you haven't thought about yet, and, and we will get there. We will get there. After this, in other words, after this amazing event, uh, an angel came down from heaven, and he had the seal of God in his hand. Now, 
it, it looked like to, so John is describing what he is seeing. And remember, always remember this, that John is describing 21st century technology in first century language, in first century understanding. So whatever the angel had in his hand, it looked to John like a seal. Now, a seal to him would have been a, 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 a stamp that you would heat up and, and melt wax. It looked like something, it like a seal, like a small branding iron maybe. But it looked like a, maybe a hot or glowing seal. He called it the seal of the living God, which would be uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, of course. We're sealed. The Bible said we're sealed. Come on, against that day. We're, we're already sealed by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You're sealed today with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that great? Amen. Amen. But, but John sees this angel and this angel's job. This angel's job, which I think is pretty phenomenal because very few Jewish people today can trace their lineage and tell you what tribe they're from. Now, there are a few. Uh, the tribe of Levi, for example, have, have worked feverishly over the centuries to try to maintain a, a, good, a good family tree, a good history. Uh, we've met several uh, guys when we were in Israel that were actually from the tribe of Levi. Savi, the incredible man you've heard me talk about on our first two trips to Israel, an old Jewish guy in his late, he was about 76 when he was leading us, uh, bronze skin, had a, uh, had a big staff, reminded me of Moses, and uh, we'd be climbing up on those mountainsides, and he'd be way up ahead of us. He just, he was out walking all over, and he looked back, and he, and he reminded me of Charleston Heston, you know, calling the Israelites on, y'all I called him Charleston Heston a few times. <laughs> after this, after this, this angel will be able, with supernatural knowledge, to identify 12,000 men from each tribe. He'll do what, what all the uh, archaeologists and all of the all of the, the people who've kept up with records could not do this angel with supernatural knowledge. And will also, these will be men that will be already converted to Christ Jesus during this first part of the tribulation period. And they will become, just imagine, 144,000 Billy Grahams or 144,000 Billy Sundays or 144,000 Dwight L. Moody's or... Just think of, and they will be so empowered and so anointed, and their witness of the gospel will be so emphatic and so amazing. Listen to the next verse. After this, John said, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels that stood round about the throne, and about the elders and the four beasts, those four beasts being the four cherubims, fell before the throne of, on their faces and worshiped God. Think, think about this. Does not the Bible say that there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels over one sinner who comes to God? Here is a, here, 
here is the result of the preaching and the evangelization of these 144,000, and it is a number that no man can number of all tongues and tribes and lands. This is an amazing uh, results of the work of the 144,000 men of God sealed with the seal of God in their forehead with what we, I believe will be a visible seal. And now, as a result of that, this incredible multitude. And when the angels see all of these souls coming in that were saved, coming into heaven, not only do they just rejoice, the Bible says all the angels and the cherubims, they fell on their faces, and they're, they are having an incredible a time of praise in honor of these wonderful saints of God who just have arrived in heaven. And all the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts, and they fell down before the throne on their faces, and they worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessings and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and forever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, that is to John, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? Now, think about this. Think about this. Had these people been part of, you see, John identifies the church, Old and New Testament church, in the, with the 24 elders in the fourth chapter, of the book of Revelation. So John has no trouble recognizing the Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints. But he doesn't recognize this group. He's already recognized. He knows the church, both Old and New Testament. And I said unto him, Sir, I don't know. Thou knowest. So this is an amazing point right here so that you know that these people were not part of the church that was raptured in the fourth chapter that John already recognized uh, in the fourth and fifth chapter and I said unto him sir thou knowest and he said unto me these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb and, and so here it is. This, the, we see this in the seventh chapter of the book of Revelation. But you've got to understand that going forward, there will be, still be many martyrs. There will also be uh, during... Let me, let, me, let me give you just two quick points here. I, I think I've already mentioned this a couple of times, but just in case I didn't. The, the tribulation period, the, 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 the destruction that takes place in these first few months uh, after the rapture of the church, after the uh, arrival of the Antichrist, after the Antichrist plucks up, he comes in as the little horn of Daniel, Daniel chapter 9, Daniel chapter 7, he comes in as the little horn that plucks up three other horns. That is, he will overthrow three countries, and he'll do that diplomatically, not, not militarily. And then he will become suddenly the big horn that will then, then will, will, will begin to take control of, of all the earth. But the destruction that takes place in the first part of the tribulation period is primarily the destruction of man against man. You remember that? The, the, the army, the, 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 the horse that went forth 
with, with the black horse of famine and, and, then, and, and the red horse who took peace from the earth. And, and the Bible said that, that man would fight against man and beast would fight against man. So all of that is pretty much taking place, generated on the earth. Some, very, a few things came from heaven. But when you get to the seals and you get to the trumpets and the bowls, you're going to find out that now God says, this is my judgment on the earth and he will, he will judge the earth now because of this incredible multitude that was killed. The only way these people, you think about it with me, the only way these people got to heaven, could get to heaven, is to die. The rapture has already taken place. So all of this incredible multitude that no man can number that's going to be saved during the tribulation period have died and they are in heaven. This, this didn't all happen at one time and it was over. It was, it was spread out throughout the, the, the rest of the, of the tribulation period. Second thing I want you to notice, when we get over to the 8th chapter and the ninth chapter, you're going to pick up on something, so I want you to keep kind of watching for this. When God begins to send His wrath, it's called the wrath of the Lamb, the wrath of the Lamb, several places you're going to see it mentioned that God said to the, to, to the angels that were dispersing His judgment, He would say, touch not my people touch not those who have the seal of, who've been sealed touch them not so you're going to see what's amazing you're going to see as a matter of fact some of the same plagues that took place in Egypt will take place during the book of Revelation and God spared the the Israelites from all of that even though they're on the planet and Egypt was being destroyed Again, during the tribulation period, these incredible souls, at, after these white robe martyrs have, have finished their work, there are going to be a time and a space where God would say, now my wrath and my judgment will not touch the people who are coming to Christ from here on out. And he will protect them and keep them. You'll see that happening in the book of Revelation. Just so you know that things are going to change, the wrath of man is pretty much what we're seeing right now. The wrath of the Lamb is going to pick up here more uh, in the 8th and ninth chapter moving, moving forward. All right. Uh, let me see. I had a couple more things here. I, I want to go back to um, the book of, you don't have to turn there, but I'm just going to re reference the book of Joel 2.28. Remember on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, when Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost, he references Joel chapter 2, 28, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He begins to preach that message. And then he goes on, and he ties something that he said, and he said, in that day, he said, I will show wonders in the heaven and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon shall be turned to blood before the coming of, the, of that great and dreadful day. None of those events took place on the day of Pentecost. Only the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, the tongues of fire and the rushing wind. The sun didn't turn dark. The moon did not turn to blood. There was not blood and fire and billows of smoke uh, at that moment. However, there, there will be so. Th this is my point. Part of Joel chapter 2, verses 28, was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. Part of it will be fulfilled in the book of Revelation. 
So what, what, is, what, is, what are you saying? I'm, gonna, I'm telling you that there are going to be days that will take place in the, in the tribulation period, much like the day of Pentecost, where literally hundreds of thousands of people will get saved at one time. Incredible outpouring. Now, uh, if you have a Schofield Bible, reference Bible, I just need to make a point here. Uh, some people... Some, some people have, have uh, misunderstood something about the tribulation period that's very, very important based on a foot reference. I have an old Schofield Bible as well, but uh, if you have a Schofield reference Bible in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 1 through 12, in the Schofield footnotes, Schofield says this. He said that the Holy Spirit which we know is the refraining, restraining force in the world today, that is, in the church, uh, will be removed at the rapture. So that if that's true, then nobody could be converted after the rapture because the Bible plainly said that no man can come to God except the Spirit draws him. So my point is this. When the church leaves... The Holy Ghost Church leaves, the, the body of Christ leaves, amen, out of the earth, God is not removing His Spirit from the earth. Were He to remove His Spirit from the earth at that moment, there could be no conversion at all. And the 144,000 that are sealed of God for their work would be helpless because the same anointing we have to have today, can you imagine preaching the gospel in that day without the anointing? They will have to have the anointing. So anyway, uh, for many, many years, Schofield reference Bible was quote kind of like the, the, the Bible of all Bibles when it comes to reference Bibles. But because a lot of people was taught out of that Bible, I'm talking for the last 50, 75 years, a lot of people misunderstood that and actually taught in their churches that once the rapture took place, nobody else could be saved. And that's not true. So I just wanted to kind of make you, make you aware of that. And uh, Joel two twenty eight will a lot a lot of that will take place. There's going to be there's going to be outpouring of the Holy Spirit, much like the day of Pentecost, and it will be with it will be with rushing mighty wind and fire. It will also be with uh, the sun turning dark and the moon turning to blood, and and many other many other things that uh, will take place in that day. Um. Now, just to set the stage for this 144,000, uh, first of all, the earth, we don't know how many Christians there are actually on, on the earth right now. Uh, and then you also have what we call the apostate church that's going to be led by what, what the Scripture calls the false prophet. We'll, we'll talk about the false prophet over in the 13th chapter uh, 12 or 13 chapter of the book of Revelation, but, but, you, but you, need to, you need to remember and think about something here. Uh, the, the rapture of the church will have just happened, and there's going to be millions, millions upon millions of people vanish. Uh, leaders of every nation that's saved, uh, the leader, of course, the, the, the president of Ghana uh, this week spoke. Uh, he's a spirit-filled man. 
in the country of Ghana, Africa. And this week he spoke to the Assemblies of God organization, which is one of the Pentecostal organizations of the world, uh, one of many. But the, the Assemblies of God organization turned 100 years old this month. And the president of Ghana actually spoke, he's a spirit-filled man, spoke at their conference uh, this past week. Uh, just think about leaders like that. When the rapture takes place, uh, the presidents will be gone. Leader, every, every United States or any country that has a leader that's saved, if the rapture takes place, will be gone. Mayors will be gone. School teachers, principals will be gone. Uh, pastors and leaders and bakers and taxi cab drivers and airline pilots. And can you imagine the, there, there's going to be millions and millions and millions of people vanish in just a moment. So that, in, that alone is going to be enough to start causing the world to wonder and to, to, and to, be, to be. So, so when the, when the 144,000 come on the scene, there's going to, the second thing is the Antichrist will just have come to power. And the battle of, of Gog and Magog that's written about in the 36, 37, 38th chapter of the book of, book of Ezekiel, which will, uh, without me getting off too far off here, right now we're seeing the revival of Russia, which the Bible says uh, that Russia, Gog uh, is a leader, not his country, but Gog is a leader. Uh, right now, you know, when Russia, when the wall fell back in the, in the 80s, early late 80s and early 90s, and everybody, a lot of people wrote Russia also, Russia's done for. I told I said, not according to, to the book of Ezekiel, Russia will come back and we gather her cubs to her, the great bear. And you're seeing, that's why, the, that's why what's going on in the Ukraine right now is taking place. Uh, Mr. Putin right now has already visited eight Arab nations of five of which he come up with a treaty, and all eight of them are oil-producing countries. He's trying to form his own OPEC, and right now he's trying to get control of all the world's oil, and that's one of the reasons why he'll want to come down to, and, and to Israel with all. So he's getting this, whether he knows it or not, Russia is preparing for this uh, strengthening again, and so, and so somewhere near the beginning of the tribulation period, most scholars believe... Because there's going to be two battles that still yet to take place in the book of Revelation. One is the battle of Gog and Magog. That battle is when Russia and, it, and the Bible literally names. I'll take one son and give you the names of all the countries in, in that's, that we can identify today. That the Bible actually names that will, that will go with Russia against Israel. Uh, and sad thing to say, blessing for Israel, but the sad thing to say, Russia and her competitors, that entire block of countries that's going to come with her will all be destroyed at that battle, at that battle. And then, of course, uh, seven years later, approximately seven years later, is the last battle, and that is the battle of Armageddon, which we'll talk about as well. But you need to kind of keep your eye on. This week I, I was listening again. And uh, Mr. Putin was, was, was t talking to one of the Arab countries, and they're making an agreement about the natural gas at the, and, and, and the oil. And so you're, he's trying right now, Russia's trying right now, not just to get land, but they're trying to get their, their hands because Russia could become the next OPEC uh, with its, with, to, and, and actually control the world's, you know, we're, we're trying to boycott them right now by cutting off their, their beans and potatoes and, and black-eyed peas and, and pork chops. And that's not going to do very much 
uh, you know, that's not going to, that's a slap on the hand. That's not going to stop anything there. But I'm just going to tell you, you need to kind of keep your eye open and see where Russia's going next, whether or not that's an invasion of the Ukraine, but whether they're going next to these little small countries that were one time parts of the old Soviet Union bloc. Mr. Putin, of course, is an ex-KGB officer, and all of his close associates are ex-KGB officers. And so there's something very sinister going on behind the scenes in that part of the world right now, and uh, you kind of need to keep your eyes open uh, in in that direction. Now, having said that, these 144,000 evangelists, not only the world will be stirred up because there is this rise of this world leader, and he will be so flamboyant, he will be so uh, intelligent, he will be so gifted, the Bible said, with his eloquence, eloquence of his words, he will sway the millions. And the first three countries he will actually get, gain control over without firing a shot. It will not be a military takeover. He will absolutely deceive them, and they'll just come lay down their allegiance to him. And then after that, it'll be one nation after the other, after the other, after the other. In the middle of all this, the 144,000 are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and one of the greatest revivals the world will ever know will take place. Let's pick up verse 15. <clears throat> Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him that is the Lord day and night in his temple, and he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. Let me just stop right here again. Another false doctrine that came out of the study of the book of Revelation many, many years ago, especially from those people who subscribed to the interpretation that Dr. Schofield had placed in his reference in his Schofield Bible, uh, one, of the, one of the things that came out of that, that if, there were, if anybody were to be saved during the tribulation period, they would not be, they would be somehow second class. I know it sounds crazy to you, but, but believe you me, that was taught in some seminaries. That, that somehow anybody who got saved after the rapture would not have, you know, I, I tried to, it's like saying somebody's half saved. You can't be half saved. What's a, what's a half-saved person look like? You're either saved or you're lost. Or you can't be half-saved. You're either saved. You say, what, what you, all is everything saved but your foot? I mean, what, what part? Half-saved. Well, there were some people who taught that these people that are speaking of here would somehow be in heaven uh, a lower-class people and quote the church. Well, this tears that up right now because the Bible said this great multitude shall listen at him therefore they this great multitude are before the throne of god they're not they don't have cabins in the corner of glory land somewhere y'all remember that song lord build me just a cabin in the corner of glory land in the shade of well i i i know that song way too well i've heard it with <laughs> way too many times there are no cabins in the corner of glory land. Can I just tell you right now? There are mansions. And the Bible said that the, these people shall be before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Does that sound like they're second class to you? And they shall hunger no more, neither. I think this is very significant. Now he's speaking of these tribulation saints. 
Why would he say they shall hunger no more? It's because these people refused to take the mark of the beast, and they couldn't buy or sell. And so they were probably hungry, and their families were hungry before they died. And he said to them, you're not going to hunger anymore, neither thirst anymore. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. Listen, for the Lamb which, in, which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto, every, unto living fountains of water. And listen to this. And God, speaking of the tears in heaven. Somebody said, are there going to be tears in heaven? There will be tears in heaven from this, for this group who will see untold the Bible. It would, be, it would be one thing when you're seeing what's happening in the Middle East right now. Uh, yes, uh, in the Middle East right now. It would be one thing if these incredible Christians were just killed, shot, or beheaded. But to be tortured beyond human description and the pain of that torture for, 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 for weeks or days or hours before you're killed. Uh, the horrible pain of that. The horrible pain of that. And, and, and the Bible said here that God shall wipe all tears from their eyes. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to tell you something. I'm done today. I'm going to say this again. I don't know about you. I don't want to be here on the earth when these events start happening. I don't want my children to be here. I, I don't want my family to be here. I don't want my neighbors to be here. I don't want anybody in this room to be here. And we don't have to be. Because we've been saved by the blood of Jesus. And we are going to be going in the rapture of the church. But what I'm saying is this. This ought to make you want to be a soul winner like you've never been a soul winner in your life. Because if the rapture of the church should take place imminently and very soon, then the people that you and I know would be left behind. Left behind. And, and, and the only way that they could be saved then would be have to face the wrath that's going to take place on this earth. And many of them would be tortured and would have to give their life uh, for the sake of, their, of the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we ought to be about our Father, inviting people to church, witnessing to people about Jesus, telling your loved ones. Listen, there, not only does God want to save us from hell, He wants to save us from the horrible tribulation period. And the Bible said that God has not appointed his people to wrath, but to obtain salvation and deliverance through the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. Next Sunday, we will begin with verse 8, and it will change again. I told you in verse 5, there will be a great change that takes place again in verse 1 of chapter 8. There's going to be an incredible change take place on the earth, and it will start there, and that's where I will start next Sunday, Revelation chapter 8, verse 1. I bless you all in Jesus' name, and you are dismissed. God bless you.